Hi, Podcast Nation. This is Mommy and Tegel. Now we're going to be reading My Little Prayer Book. And Story from the Western Wall. It's a gorgeous book that not a lot of people know about, and it's produced by the Western Wall Heritage Foundation. And there's all kinds of languages. Right. Okay. Here we go. Shalom, welcome to the Western Wall. Welcome to the Kotel. Can you see me? I'm right here, right in front of you. Yes, I am one of the Kotel's stones. Imagine if I could speak. I would tell you my life story and about many of the things I've seen. Where should I start? I know, let's go back over 2,000 years to a hilltop high above Jerusalem. There I was chosen and carried to the holiest place in the world. There I became part of the enormous walls that surrounded the Beit HaMikdash, the holy Jewish temple. I was known as the section of the Kotel of the Western Wall, right? And if I could see through the walls of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, I would see the holiest stone in the world, the foundation stone, the Evan which sits underneath the Holy of Holies, or the Kodesh HaKedoshim. Our tradition teaches us that Hashem, or God, created the foundation stone and used it to form the whole world from that spot. It was near this stone where God tested Avraham to see if he would offer his son Yitzchak, Isaac. When Hashem saw that he was willing to do so, God asked Avraham to offer up a ram instead of his own son. It's where Yaakov, Jacob, laid his head and dreamt of a ladder on which angels went up and down. It is the place that Yaakov described as the gate to Shemayim, to heaven. The foundation stone is also the spot that God picked for the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. King David, who was one of the kings of Israel, brought, bought the land, drew the plans, and even decided what the Kohanim or priests should do. God then chose David's son, Melech Shlomo, King Solomon, to build the holy temple. Inside, he made a special room around the foundation stone called the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. It had held the ark with the Ten Commandments, and was and the place... to go in. No, no one was allowed to go in except who? The Kohen The high, high priest. And how many times a year could he go in? Antishabiyah. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, Yom? Kippur. Nachon. On Yom Kippur, which is the day that... Mommy, I forgot to say... That God forgives cozy. all the Jewish people of their sins. So you can say it now. Get cozy. Get cozy, everybody. Okay. I held the ark with the Ten Commandments and was the place that Hashem's presence dwelled on earth. So this is a, Mom, pr- a the, the Beit HaMikdash was a pretty special place. King Solomon's temple was destroyed by the king of Babylon. And another temple, the second Beit HaMikdash, was built and later expanded. It was so beautiful and inspirational that people came from everywhere in the world to see it. Many of them brought offerings to God. They were taken to the Kohanim, the priests who served in the temple. Can you imagine people coming from all over the world to Jerusalem? 
One of the most inspiring moments in the temple was when the Kohanim blessed the people with a special Torah prayer called the Birkat Kohanim, or the priestly blessing. They would they would stand on the steps of the temple and they would say, may Hashem bless you and keep you. May Hashem make his face shine upon you and favor you. May Hashem turn his face towards you and grant you peace. And that's the blessing that we say on Shabbat. on Shabbat over our kids. That's right. And, and you know what, kids? We still use the same words today. Kohanim make this blessing at synagogue and parents say, say it with their children on Shabbat and holidays. How did we know that? When the Holy Temple stood, millions of Jews traveled regularly to Jerusalem on foot. They came in especially big numbers on the holidays of Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. This went on for centuries, but sadly, on the ninth day of the Hebrew month of Av, which we know as Tisha B'Av, Roman troops destroyed the second Beit HaMikdash and carried away many of its holy items. If you could see the picture here, it's the temple is burning with fire and there are soldiers with swords. That and are, there's people that are taking the menorah. And all of the beautiful things that were in God's temple. And there, and, and there even um, all the Jews are going out of Israel. Mm -hmm. From my place in the Western Wall, I saw thousands of Jews sent into exile. Do you know what exile is? Exile is when you're kicked out of your land. So the so Jewish go people got kicked else. out of Israel. Like you got to Paris, Australia. Right. America. Italia. Right. Um, Some were sent far away. Others fled their homes but stayed in Israel under harsh Roman rule. Shortly after the second temple was destroyed, Rabbi Akiva was walking near the ruins with three friends. Suddenly they saw a fox jump out from behind the broken stones. Rabbi Akiva's friends started to cry at what had become of the beautiful Temple Mount. But Rabbi Akiva laughed when he saw the surprise on his <laughs> friends' faces. Rabbi Akiva explained, our prophets predicted, that means they, they guessed, into the future, that the holy temple would be destroyed and that foxes would run among the ruins. But they also foresaw boys and girls playing again in the streets of a rebuilt Jerusalem. We just saw a fox. And since the first prophecy has come true, I know that the second will come true too. You know what word we know in our family? What? He was very optimistic. Being optimistic means that you think good things about the future. And being pessimistic, it means that you always think bad things about the future. So Rabbi Akiva was an optimist. He always thought good things. He Not saw the things. he saw this fox as a sign that because the destruction had come true, then the rebuilding would come true. Even though many years passed, the Jewish people always remembered Rabbi Akiva's words and thought about Jerusalem. They came from far away, making the difficult journey to the Western Wall to cling to me and to the other stones. They cried so many tears over us that the Kotel became known as the Wailing Wall or the Crying Wall. And you cry where people would come to pray and cry. Over time, different nations ruled the land and they blocked Jews from getting near the Western Wall. Even after the state of Israel was created in 1948, Jews could not visit the old city of Jerusalem or pray at the Kotel. Still, Jerusalem was never forgotten. And on every Yom Kippur and Passover, Jews everywhere in the world would say, Lishana Habab Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. Finally, in 1967, I saw it happen. Strong and brave soldiers coming 
to liberate or free the Kotel. They fought very hard. And when the battle was over, they gathered in front of the wall and began weeping or crying. They cried tears of sadness for the friends that they lost in the battle and tears of joy because the Kotel, the last part of the Holy Temple, was once again in Jewish hands. Wow. What, in my hands I have the Kotel? That means that we were that we were able to we were able to be free and to go pray there. That means it was in our hands. Today, after all these years, I am still here and I'm thrilled to see millions of people from around the world visiting the Kotel. Like Arabs, I see here. Arabs, I see. There are all kinds of people saying, Thank you, God. Thank you, Hashem. C'est magnifique. In all different languages, people are praising God. That's so special. Sally and Sally and Sammy are from California. They have traveled the world looking for a place where they could feel connected to their Jewish background. And here they found it. Sally says, this place is awesome, Sammy. Yeah, it really gives you the chills, Sally. Meet Nachman, the happy rabbi who tells everybody that it's okay to use your own words to speak to God. The sunrise this morning, breathtaking. I love it. Thank you, God. Right on. I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> Funny guy. There's all kinds of people standing and praying in front of the hotel. Here's Dina, a new mommy. Every morning she strolls around the plaza with her daughter. It's still early and Dina's baby didn't wake up yet, so let's keep quiet. Oops, too late. Shh, shh, shh. You can see her rocking her baby. Dina's baby just opened her eyes. Can you hear Dina whispering? Mode Ani. She thanks God for giving her baby this new day. When her baby grows up, she'll say it herself every morning. Thank you, God, for returning my soul to me with mercy and for the faith that you have in me. Did you see Devorah? Over there, she comes here every day to pray, to thank and praise God. Just like God, hears the prayers of the Jewish mothers, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. He hears her prayers as well. Oh, look, there's a bar mitzvah happening. Mazal Tov, Natan just turned 13. He is having his bar mitzvah at the Kotel. And he is being called up to read from the Torah. Lots of people have their bar, mitzvah, bar, mitzvah, bar and bar mitzvah at the Kotel. Do you see people dancing? There's a lot of There's dancing. A wedding. a wedding. Chaya and Chaim are on their way to get married. Chaya is coming to put a note in the Kotel asking God to bless her new home. So many interesting people come to the Kotel that there aren't enough hours in the day or stones in the wall to talk about them all. But let me tell you about one more. Little Benny just arrived with his parents. Oh, how he wishes he knew how to pray. If I could speak, I'd tell Benny, repeat after me. Shema. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is that is probably the most important Jewish prayer that the Kotel wants everybody to know. My story isn't over. It continues every day, but now it's your turn to become part of it. How? It's simple. Here's three things you can do. Number one. Thank God for the good things in your life. Number two, praise God for his wonderful and awesome creations. And number three, ask God for the things that you need. Use your own words or say the prayers 
on the following pages, because the last part of this book is a prayer book. No matter how you do it, you have to remember that God is always listening, and he's especially listening to the prayers of kids. God loves the prayers of kids. So if you see something that's bothering you, or you see something that someone needs, or you learn about somebody who's having a tough time or not feeling well, that's a good opportunity for you to for you to pray and ask God to help because he can do anything. All right. Bye, Podcast Nation. See you later.